In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What though my joys and comforts die, I know my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth. The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his. How can I keep from singing? The Acts of the Apostles, the book of the Bible that gives us our first lesson is important because it paints a picture of the early church. It provides a window into the lives of the earliest Christians and their spirit-filled work, work that was inspired and led and put into action by God to change the whole world. In the chapter we read today, the passage that comes from Acts 16, we hear a wondrous story of two of these aforementioned early Christians. And given the state of our country, let alone the state of our world, I think it's a story that's very much needed right now, because it's a story that speaks to the power of God breaking through one of the bleakest one of the darkest of nights. Coming to Philippi, a Roman colony in Macedonia, our lesson begins with us meeting Paul and Silas on the road. And when we do meet them, we are told that they are making their way to a place of prayer. But not so fast, Paul and Silas, for soon their journey meets an interruption. And it's an interruption that comes in the form of a fortune-telling psychic. A slave girl exploited by her owners to make money through divination. After learning the slave girl's motive, I imagine Paul and Silas probably tried to continue about their business, but the slave girl wouldn't have it. She followed them, Paul in particular, and wherever they went, she repeated an insult that was actually a compliment. These men belong to the Most High God, they're laying out the road to salvation. Well, compliment or insult, it seems likely that most of us would probably grow tired of being followed by a demon-possessed psychic. And it appears that Paul was too. Fed up after many days, Paul eventually reaches his breaking point, turning and speaking directly to the spirit, not the slave girl. Paul, in the name of Jesus Christ, orders the spirit out of her. Wonderful news, right? Well, the story continues. Lo, you have heard it said that no good deed goes unpunished, and so begins act two of our saga. Enraged that they can no longer exploit the slave girl using her demon to make money, the slave girl's owner sees Paul and Silas and drag them into the marketplace so they can have them tried before the civil authorities. Arguments prepped as they approach the magistrates, the slave owners make their case. Look at these two. They're disrupting the peace. They're dangerous agitators subverting our Roman law and order. Is this what you want? A world of religious fanatics who think they can stop us from exploiting people to our own financial gain? That's preposterous. It's destabilizing, it's anarchy, but most egregious of all, it's an affront to our state-given rights. 
Well, as we soon see, the magistrates clearly agree with the slave owners, as did the mob that now surrounds Paul and Silas. Not enough to be beaten and attacked by the crowd, the magistrates order both men to be stripped of their clothes and beaten with rods too. After their flogging, the author of Acts tells us that Paul and Silas were then thrown into prison and locked away in the innermost cell, their feet fastened in the stocks. Pretty bleak, right? It's a low point for sure, but it's not the end point. In fact, the best part of the story, my favorite part of the story, is just around the corner. Caught in a position that would make just about anyone feel helpless and out of options, Paul and Silas still find a way to act, to keep trying to do something, to prove that even in jail, they are not without hope. Yes, beat us up and lock us away if you must, put our feet in stocks and throw away the key. But even then, even in the pit of despair, we will show you that we still have agency in this story. We will show you something that you can't ever take away. We will show you the power of Christ working within us. We will show you the power of God. Yes, yes, by every measure, it would seem that these two men had nowhere else to turn. It would seem that there was nothing they could do. But when midnight rolled around, Paul and Silas proved just how wrong that thinking is. Because if God is for us, who then could be against us? Through prayers prayed and songs sung, God meets the faithful with a crack as loud as an earthquake, with a resounding amen. Not only does God break loose their chains and fling wide the doors, he shakes the very foundation of the whole structure built to imprison them, to make clear that it is God's power, God's order that bends every knee. Yes, yes, no question, no question, these are strange and difficult times, and we are certainly not short on lament. But if this passage, if Paul and Silas have anything to teach us, it's the unwavering truth that we are not helpless because we are not alone. The message of this story and every story that flows from it is a steadfast promise that the Spirit of God abides because the great work continues to make the world new. We are not helpless. We are not helpless because every day, each and every day is filled with choices and decisions, and every one of them is an opportunity to invite the power of God working through us into this world. Yes, yes, by every measure, it would seem that the characters in our story had nowhere else to turn. It would seem that there was nothing they could do. But when midnight rolled around, that's when the prayers and the anthems came. Yes, that's when they remembered, when they remembered the power of Christ alive within them, the power of God that no principality can ever, ever take away. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.